0: So, that's why we're here, to learn and grow and, 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 and to be blessed and to be a blessing to others. So, I gotta start out. So, I got this shirt given to me Wednesday night. I don't know if y'all can read that. I don't know. It says, This pastor has an awesome congregation. And yes, they, we bought him this shirt. So, I agree with that completely. Nail handed me that Wednesday night, and I appreciate it, Nail. And and so I, I fully agree with this shirt. Did anybody see it? And so I got told I was dressed casual. I was like, well, I had to wear my new shirt that I fully agree with 100%. And so, and so thank you for doing that. It was great, and uh, it's wonderful. It's nothing but the truth because y'all are truly a wonderful congregation to have, I promise. They, um, and, and so y'all just keep getting better and better all the time. And, and so it's, it's it's wonderful and great. Thanks to everybody that helped with JJ and Stacy's wedding yesterday. If y'all didn't see it yesterday, if you wasn't here, this was a totally different looking sanctuary. They had white stuff all over the floor, paper, archway. It was, yeah, you wouldn't have recognized it, but it looked really good. A lot of hard work, a lot of cooking went on, um, and so it was a lot of food cooked. Miss Pat, um, Jeannie, Jeannie was a coordinator. Bless her. I had the easiest part. I had to stand up here and speak for about 10, 15 minutes on some notes that I had wrote down. So I was good. I was good. And so, but uh, Keisha and Jessette, um and uh, Sharon was here yesterday. I don't know whoever. If he was here, thank you all for being here helping and working. And speaking of food, there was a lot of food left over. So said is in the back right now and Sharon and I don't know who else is back here. Working on leftover food from yesterday, some kind of soup, there's tacos, I think, I don't know, Miss Pat, chicken, pork, yeah, there's a lot of food, so everybody's invited afterwards to stay and eat up the food, because J.J. and Stacey's in Jamaica, so they ain't going to be here to eat it, right, we're celebrating the after-wedding, you know, and and so we're just carrying on from yesterday, so y'all... Be sure to stay. There's plenty back there, I promise. If I, look, I we went to Sam's, me and Gabby did yesterday, after the wedding, to get some stuff for tomorrow feeding the the boys, the, the football team, and for next next Saturday for the barbecue sale. And we, I was going to put some stuff in the refrigerator. No, there was no room at all. Refrigerator or freezer was full up. So be sure to stay and eat, and just say it's unsaid because she is thrifty with food. Now is she not, Wayne? Yeah. She'll freeze something in a minute, won't she? (laughs) And so she said, Well, if it don't get out late Sunday, we'll eat it Wednesday night. I was like, All right then. So (laughs) right. And I didn't eat nothing yesterday at the reception. It was not good. So everybody invited to stay and eat. There's plenty, plenty of food and dessert back there for sure. And so with the barbecue sale that I mentioned. If if you got tickets, if you didn't and you wanna buy a plate, get a plate, that needs to be done today. And and so you say, Well can I not come in next Saturday and not have a ticket and buy one? Yes you can. But we need a we need a good count today, so get with me or somebody, Tisha, Jimbo, Gabby, somebody right after church, if you didn't have a ticket or and wanted and wanted to put your name on down that you wanted a plate. So that'll be next Saturday from five to seven. So let's let's remember that. Um, and then the t-shirts that were on the back wall, we've mentioned those the past several weeks that, that was due today also. So if you wanted a t-shirt, a new one that you didn't get one last year, um, then see Keisha after church and, and get with her on that. So we can get those ordered and have them in before October 14th. Cause that's the fall festival. We're all working that, or we all ask for you to work that. We'll have a sheet out and you come for an hour. Most people, if you hadn't done it before, just hang around pretty much all day. They work for a little bit, go walk around the festival, come back, work a little bit more. So we always have a good time of fellowship with it. Bring your chair and sit around the tent. So it's just always a good time. All right. Let me make sure I didn't forget any other announcements. That was uh, that was it, right? Did I miss anything, Gabby? Okay. She she said no. Whether she's listening really or not, I don't know. But she said no. So I'm going to take that as a good thing. All right. So let's receive our offerings just now. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. One thing that I have not mentioned in months, but we still have available, um, we do have an online giving platform not that you have to give online or you want to, whatever. If that's easy for you to give, we have some people that do that. You know, they set that up to where it comes directly out of their account, and, you know, that's what they set to give, and that's what they want to give. And others, you can get on there. But if you go to our website, there is a, uh, on our My Vic Fellowship. it's up there, that's our website, um, .org, MyVic, I think it's MyVicFellowshipChurch.org. It's a long one, but it's it's up here every week. There's a there's a link on the front of that that looks like an R, and it's Rebel Give is the name of it. And you can click on that, and it takes you to where uh, we have that online giving there, and you can do that. So it's just another option for people to do. We got technology. Why why not use it for the good, right? So, but uh, prayer this morning. I know as y'all can see, Kathleen and June and and uh, Cameron and them are not here. I know Cameron had covid the other day earlier in the week and then uh, june was dealing with strep throat and kathleen this morning through text message we was talking said that they were all feeling better and she was doing good they were just quarantining i think they had, she said that camera in quarantine for like 14 days i don't know it's just like it's up and down so that's what she put in the text message so i don't know but so anyway we want to pray for them this morning and, and ask god to to continue to touch and heal them. Anything else just now before we pray? All right. All right. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love and We praise you. And We thank You for the time we've already had this morning and praise and worship to Your name. God, the time of Word that You brought forth already this morning. God, that we just grow from that and, and get in Your Word and understand it and, and ask in Your Holy Spirit, reveal things to us fresh and new each and every day in our life. Father, we just... Um, bring these needs to you right now we pray for kathleen and cameron and june and and danielle and all of them father that you just continue to touch and heal their bodies um, and there's no more effect from any COVID or strep throat going around in that family and and father that they'll be totally and completely healed and we thank you for that right now in the name of jesus as we go forward through our service today, God, that you just be with us, that we we open up and, and receive this morning the word that you have brought forth, God, that it goes out on fertile ground and that we take it and we grow in our lives each and every day. God, watching you work and move in ways that we've never seen before. And, Father, we just thank you for that. We just ask you to bless this time right now of our bringing our tithes and offering as your word says. And, God, that you just bless each and every one in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all come ahead. Amen. All right, children, go to children's church this morning. Amen. There they go. All right. Well, we're still in the book of Mark this week. Um, and so we'll be in in Mark chapter, we'll finish up in chapter 2 and start in chapter 3 this morning. This is our, our third week in this, and we're just following God. And, and you know, He's just bringing things out. Each time that I read, in different points, and, and different things that I've know, I know I've read over hundreds of times. But you read it, and you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you while you read, and it'll be like I prayed a while ago, fresh and new. And you'll be like, I, am, I don't never remember seeing that before. I don't ever remember seeing that part. God, what does that mean? And then you know, He just starts working and and bringing things out. And so it's 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 wonderful. And and a blessing, I promise. Like Brad was talking about, to get in the Word and study it, and and know what the Word of God says, and use it every day in your life. So, all right, Book of Mark, chapter two, and we are down in verse twenty three. Mark chapter two and verse twenty three. This morning, we're going to get over to that where it said step forward. We'll get over there in a minute. But I can't pass the part where Jesus and is is. Um, Is walking through those grain fields and his, and his disciples are plucking out grain. And it's a Sabbath. And, you know, we, we've talked about it before that on that Sabbath they couldn't do anything that was considered work. They couldn't hardly brush their hair. They couldn't sweep the floor. They couldn't do anything back then under the Mosaic law that they were under because they said considered that work. And so everything that they were doing, when they plucked that grain ahead, the Pharisees were there saying, What are you doing? What are your disciples doing? So let's read Mark chapter two and twenty three. And now it happened that when he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and as they and as they went, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why do you why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said, Have you ever read What David did when he was in need and in hungry and and those with him. How he went to the house of God in the days of Abathar the high priest that ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priest, and, and also gave some to those that were with him. And he said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. So we look here, and they're just walking through a field. They're just walking through. And they just grab stuff. But Jesus already having done miracles and, and healed people and they're already, you know, proclaiming that, that he was just some witch doctor. He was false. He was a false prophet. He was all this. So they was already accusing him of that. So what happened? The church folks started watching him, didn't they? The religious church folks started watching him. The religious leaders, the one that said, you know, and you hear it today. And in different churches, you know, God, God's done with that kind of stuff. Miracles don't happen anymore. You know, different things. Like people, they, they preach this thing. And, you know, they preach that miracles don't happen. And then on the other end of the spectrum, they preach you can do anything you want to and, and it'll be all right. And and so there's there's one spectrum side of the other that's preached in, the, in churches today that they pull out from the Word of God what makes them feel good, what makes it all right for me and applicable for me right now. Whether it's the truth of the Word of God or not, it makes me feel good, so I'm going to use this. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to preach this. And and so the Pharisees back then, the religious leaders of the church, were following Jesus. And you say, well, aren't we supposed to look out who's doing things and who's not? And what they're doing? Sure. Sure we are. But now we have the Holy Spirit, and He can help us discern what is right and what is wrong. I had a situation come up this past week to where somebody revealed themselves, and they don't go to church here, I promise, somebody we helped out, revealed themselves that they were really different than what they really said they was. You see what I'm saying? It's a, it's, it's a discernment that only comes through the Holy Spirit and us being able to discern right and wrong in the body of Christ. And and so, you know, sure, they, they were watching him, but they weren't watching him trying to figure out, okay, let's make sure what he's doing is right. They were watching him wanting to bash everything that he was about and doing. They wouldn't want to get with him and say, no, this is the Son of God. They were wanting to ridicule every point that he was trying to do. Everything that he went, they were wanting to try to get rid of him. So so Jesus had it on two fronts. He had the devil working against him all the time, right? Because we know everywhere he went, demons were speaking against him, telling him to go away, not to be with them. And he was telling them to shut up, but he also had... He also had those religious leaders working against him, too. So it's almost like the devil had the religious leaders working with him. Does that make sense? I mean, if you look at it, they were both after the same thing, to shut Jesus up. They were both after wanting the same thing. They didn't want this person doing and being who he claimed to be, so they wanted to shut him up. And so all they were doing was plucking heads of grain and eating them, because they were hungry. And, and so he, he made it a point if you go back in the Old Testament and read this where David went in and we're not going to get into how it's not lawful and what the showbread was and all that. And, and so you can, you can read that back in the Old Testament. But he said the Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for man. Do you think that God is to be praised every day, right? So he made the Sabbath day, that day which they set down to consecrate as holy, so man would actually stop what they're doing and look to God for a change. He wants us to do it every day. We choose Sundays in our time to do it. But he wants seven days a week. Because David said in Psalm, this is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. There's not a day that we don't live in that don't end in wine. So every day God created, He wants us to rejoice and be glad in it. He's the Lord of every day, not just Sunday, not just the Sabbath. He is our Lord every day. And and so man back then had a problem doing what they needed to do to stop and worship and praise their holy God just as we do today. It's still the same problems going on back then, just in a different form. We're in a different time where we have different things that that come in front of us and and bother us that they didn't deal with back then, but they had things back then that we don't deal with now. So I mean, it's it's both those things. But he said the son, the Sabbath was made for man. It was made for us. This was made for us. God didn't need us to be praised. Okay, you you think well I'm, well we are created in God's image. You're a child of God. If you're born again and He's Lord of your life, that makes you a child of God. That does not elevate you to a special area up here, okay, in, in this life. Don't, don't get me, don't get this wrong and twisted to where I'm saying that, that you're not special in God's eyes because you are. But sometimes we get to where we think we're too special in God's eyes. And we've talked about it before. We lose that fear of God as we need to. We lose how holy He is and how awesome He is. And so the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And I, I always love Jesus' mic drop moments. And He said, therefore, the Son of Man, hey, that's me if you don't recognize that and understand it. Not me, not Mark Carroll, but Jesus is saying, hey, I'm the Son of Man. I'm the Son of Man. He says, also the Lord of the Sabbath. And then He just walks off as far as we know. What, what could they say to that? I'm sure they were back there murmuring and, and saying who does he think he is and talking all kind of blasphemies to him and saying all kind of things about him. But Jesus just, as far as we know, went on. There's nothing else left to be said. Nothing left to be argued about. God said, this is Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus has already had that moment where he's been baptized. And, and the dove come out and, G- and God spoke. and said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased, right? So he already announced to the world, this is Jesus this is my son. This is, who, this is who he says he is, believe in his name. And so we've got to come to the point that we understand that we need this day. We need to come together. We need to have a point to where we worship God in community like this. In a, in a, in a place like this we can come together and, and, and get prayed for and, and have things happen in our life that we may not see on our own as much because we don't think about them. So we need this. We need this. And there's there's more to that, but I want to go on to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, because right after this, Jesus, he goes to synagogue again. He goes into church. Starting at verse 1. And he entered the synagogue again, and there was a man who had a withered hand. So Jesus was going to... A sanctuary, as they called it, a place where the Torah was going to be read, to where the Word of God was going to be read as they knew it back then. they didn't have you realize they didn't have the words in red as we do now, right? They had scrolls they opened up, and they read these things, and they were all from the Old Testament because the New Testament was being written as Jesus was here. So he went in to that, but he said there was a man there with a withered hand. So they watched him closely. So they knew this man there was there with a sickness, with an illness, with a disease. And they knew he was there. Now I don't know that this man was up front, was out in the open. He probably was sitting in the back corner. Like most of us do that have problems in our life. Like most of us do that have things and nothing wrong, we all sit on the back row this morning, I promise. Okay, I'm not saying that. This is this is not talking about physically sitting. And this is why. All right. Bunch of back row Baptist people back here. Got pews back here now that they're sitting on. So, all right. I'm joking. So he was he was probably like a lot of us are when we have problems in our life. We don't want to be front and center. We want to be kind of hid to the back because we don't want to be noticed. We we Especially if it's things we're comfortable with in our life. Especially if it's things that we've just said... Well, that's not bad, but I don't want nobody to know about it. I don't want it to be brought out. I know what I'm doing is not right, but I really don't want to talk about it today because I want to still do it. We we, we ever get that way? I can say yes. All right, I'll say yes. Nobody else will. I had a couple others, but we get that way. So he he was there, and a man had a withered hand. He didn't say that this man ever come to Jesus. Jesus didn't know this man. Jesus didn't didn't. um didn't say, hey, I'm going to the synagogue because Michael's there, or whatever his name is, Joe, and he's got a withered hand and I need to touch him. He didn't say that. Jesus went and there was a man there with a hand. Just as we go to church, we have problems, right? We come here, we have issues. We need to be taking care of these issues, getting help for them while we're here with people that can pray with us and talk with us. and And we can talk to them. And so... So they watched him closely. Who were the religious leaders? These same Pharisees that just saw him plucking grain. Whether he would heal him on the Sabbath because that was another thing that they said was not good because you were doing work on the Sabbath, which is just always blew my mind that it's the Sabbath, the Lord's day, and God's doing the work, but yet you're not supposed to do it. It Makes no sense whatsoever. So that they might accuse him. Accuse him. These are, these are not people out in the world that didn't believe that God... Because, listen, these were not Gentiles or heathens. These were the chosen children of God. These were still the children of Israel that Jesus was preaching to. He wasn't preaching to a bunch of Gentiles, a bunch of people that, that was not the chosen people of God. He, he was preaching to the children of Israel. And that's who that's who was there. So they knew the law. They knew the Torah. They knew the Bible. It was written back then. And they knew that, but they wanted to accuse Him of being somebody that... They said that he said he wasn't. And he said to the man with the withered hand, step forward. Step forward. This man did not come to church asking for anything, did he? He didn't ask out loud. There's no telling. He probably have lived with that withered hand since birth. We don't know what the effect it was. But obviously it wasn't to a point to where he was coming to Jesus to ask for healing. But yet Jesus knew he needed to be healed. Just as when you come to church, you and I've, I've said this for a long time, you didn't come here just for by chance or by circumstance. Jesus knew you needed to be here today. Everybody that's in an assembly today, Jesus knows who's there. And you needed something through here, whether you, well, I didn't really get much out of it. If you got something, then you got the Word of God. Listen, you can't say you didn't get much because I'm reading the Word of God this morning, okay? We are reading the Word of God and going through it. And so he told him to step forward. So we'll come back to that in a minute. Then he said, "Is it lawful for the on the Sabbath to do good or do evil, to save a life or to kill?" But they kept silent. And this only this step forward, but this next verse grabbed me this week. And when he had looked around with him, this is Jesus. He had looked around to them with anger, anger. Not that he wanted to kill them, not that he wanted to beat them up, not that he wanted to do anything like that. With an anger because just a holy anger because they don't fear God anymore. They didn't fear God. They said, well, this, He hadn't talked to us in 400 years, so what does it matter? We're just continuing to do what our tradition and religion tells us. But He said, no, He said, He was angered, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. The hardness of their hearts because they wouldn't open up and realize who was standing in front of them. They wouldn't open up and do that. They, they, they sit there and just accuse them of everything. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And as you stretch it out, his hand was restored as whole as the other. But Jesus was angry at their unbelief. At their unbelief. He was not angry with them and wished them harm in any, in any way. He was hurt seeing how far off the truth they had come. He was hurt by that. He, it grieved his heart to see God's chosen people go astray as far as they did. It still grieves the heart of God to see those that have come to Him and accept Him as Lord of their life to go away and not be who they're called to be. You don't think it still grieves the heart of God that we do that? That we still sin willingly in our life every day and don't do anything to change it? And don't do, want to do anything to change it? God God hates sin. He hates that we sin. He don't hate us when we sin, but he hates that we sin. But that's where repentance comes in, and true repentance means that you turn and go the other way, and you don't do it again. You don't look back to it. That's what repentance means in our life. and we got to have that every day in our life. Sure, I repented at one point of my sins and asked Jesus into my life. That wasn't the only time I've ever had to repent. I promise. There's not a day that goes by. Jesus, help me today. Help me. Forgive me of my sins. You know, help me to be better today than I was yesterday. Not to fall into this area today as I did yesterday. It's every day. It's every day, every day battle, every day strife. I said last week, you're either in a battle, a spiritual battle, you're coming out of one and you're going into another one. That's, that's, that's our life. Whether you're a child of God or not, if you're not a child of God, you're still going through battles every day in your life. You just don't have the, the Holy One of Israel. God Almighty there on your side helping you. And you're trying to do it yourself. And we all know where that leads. We all know that leads to things in this world we're going to turn to. Pills, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, to help us forget what battles we're facing in our life instead of turning to Jesus. So it bothered them to see how they had forgotten who God really is. How they had watered down how powerful God was. We do that in the, in the modern church today. We 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 water down how powerful God is. We're coming in October, and I heard this a couple weeks ago. And I'm not up here preaching against haunted houses, okay? Because I know people go. I know. I said I'm not preaching against Hayden. <laughs> Aiden. we're not preaching against haunted houses. I don't go. I hadn't been in twenty-something years. It's just not something that I care to do. That's just me. If you want to go a haunted house, go to a haunted house and pay to be scared and then wonder why anyway. And we live in fear and we can't turn the lights off in the dark. Are you scared of the dark, Aiden? Okay. But you go to a haunted house where somebody's going to jump out and scare you, right? I've got a clown mask i talked about before and scare Hallie a lot with it and enjoy it every time because she hates clowns. I enjoy that. It brings me pleasure (laughs) to... She's had her window open before, and I've been outside, and it's night time. She had her blind open, and I'm down by it, and I pop up. I, oh, yeah, she, she, I thought she was going to faint on me that night. It was great. But anyway, we go this time of year. We'll start haunted houses. and be open everywhere to be scared. And we're like, oh, my God, that was great. That was great. We got scared. Somebody's somebody to go, some all this. And, you know, I got told Wednesday night, I think it was Wednesday night, by Aiden and some others that just went to a house. I like using you. I'm glad you're out here, Aiden. I think yeah. I, I like using you in my sermons. I saw a shirt the other day. That, I can't remember exactly what it says. It said, somebody watch what you say because it can and will be used in my sermon. You know, so. But, and I didn't have your name wrote down, all right? I just saw you. But they said we got ghosts around here. I said sure we got the Holy Ghost. Like no, there was a swing swinging out there, nobody was on it. I was like okay, like I don't think we ain't got no ghosts. But that's where I'm getting to. We'll go to be scared by and live in fear of ghosts and people and things like that. But we'll come to church and we'll pray for the Spirit of God, and then the Holy Spirit move in somebody's life and do things that we don't understand. That ain't God. That ain't God. We're more scared of the Holy Spirit moving that Jesus left for us that reveals things to us that can that can work through us in ways that we'll never understand or know and know it's God the whole time and rebuke against it. But go out and pay money to be scared by the devil and live in fear of our life when we turn the lights off because something's there. Don't I mean, amen. All right. I'm just making sure we're on the same page. The Holy Spirit's not here to scare us. Sure, there's things that happen, and and when the Holy Spirit moves in somebody's life and works in their life, that we don't understand. But and and I we've talked about it before. I've been in services to where it looks like it's a, it's a counterfeit Holy Spirit working. It's 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 somebody wanting to do something on their own to, to show that something's happening. But I've been in numerous more services than that to where the Holy Spirit actually moved in people's life, and and the power of God fell, and you're seeing things that you've never saw before. Alright? It's, it's not just a Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost we're scared of. No, it's a holy fear of God that we need to have a reverence for and, and watch the Holy Spirit move in our life. No matter what our age is or what's going on, we can get to this point to where we're, we we've watered down and dumbed down and our unbelief is so much that, that tradition and religion, just like they had taught them that God doesn't work, the Holy Spirit, sure, He helps you get saved and He's there to guide you, but, but what all this other stuff is, nah. Nah, but that's not true. I've talked about, we preached on it last year about the power of the Holy Spirit, and we keep it in a box right here. And that's where we want it, we're good. But don't open that box. Don't open the box too much. We'll crack it open every now and then, and we'll look, and we'll close it back. Why? Because He revealed things to us that we don't understand. He revealed things about your life where you need to change, and a lot of times we don't want Him to reveal things to us because we don't want to change. That's where they was. They were watching Jesus. They were watching Him trying to make sure that He didn't do anything different than what they had been taught their whole life. So they had dumbed down the Word of God. It sounds like for us today we forgot how powerful God is. We underestimate His power. We still serve the same God that made everything in the heavens and the earth, right? We still serve that God. We still serve the same God that made it rain for 40 days and 40 nights and flooded everything but, but Noah and his sons and their wives on the ark and the animals that he saved, right? Everything that he had created flooded it. Flooded it, but restored it, didn't he? Because he said, I'm going to restore it. This is the same God. who still served the same God that parted the Red Sea for these children of Israel that Jesus come preaching to right then, where they could walk out on dry land. And it wasn't like six inches of water. This was deep, deep water. It's a sea. Okay, it wasn't just he. He, he made the the waves go back like you walking on the beach, and there's no water there. No, he parted the sea. So we can't fathom that in our mind. Do it. Or what? I saw a little video the other day talking about how deep. And I wish I had wrote it down right then. How deep that the Red Sea was at the where they they supposedly crossed. And it was like a valley, a ravine. It wasn't just, it wasn't just 10 or 12 foot deep and he parted the sea. No, I believe it was the sea. He parted it and they walked through on dry land just as the word of God says. It's the same God that we still serve today. The same God that, that made a way when he promised Abraham that son, Isaac, and he put him on the altar to kill him. And he said, Oh, whoa, whoa. Whoa! I promised you this. I'm not taking it away. There's a ram. I wanted to see how faithful you was. Promised him that same God. That's powerful enough to do all of this. To use David, one little man, to kill a giant, a nine foot tall man, with one smooth stone. The same God. The same God that sent Jesus, His only Son, to be that burn that be that sin offering that He was that Abraham was going to make Isaac. To be that same one. So we could live today. If that doesn't do anything to you, I don't know what does. It's the power of God working in our life and through us. And he was, he was there then and they couldn't see it. We can't see it now because we don't. We hold everything up in front of our eyes but this. And then when we hold it up, we don't understand it and we throw it down and say, I just I don't understand what I'm reading. So I don't want to do it no more. It don't make no sense to me. Why? Because we don't invite the Holy Spirit to reveal to us while we're reading the Word of God. It's not just a fiction or a fairy tale that we're reading. It's a true, oh, living word of God working through us. So Jesus had come to a point to where he was just he was hurt, he was grieved in his heart that they would be so far gone from him that that they couldn't see who he was, of their unbelief. But God has provided a way. God has always provided a way for His people to be delivered. To be saved out of problems that we are in. Not just in the way we think. When it doesn't happen the way the way we think it should, then we don't think God's in it. But we need to stop and listen and, and look and pray. We used to sing a song, Debbie probably remembered. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Holding, hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day, God will make a way. It's that simple. God's still making a way. God's still every day making a way. We're the one that's got to trust in him. So that what what happened next in in, in verse six? Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. The religious leaders want to destroy the son of God. You see that in churches all over today, they want to destroy what God has set down. We'll let everything and everybody in. Sure, everybody's invited to church. Everybody. Man, woman, boy, or girl, whatever you you think that your pronoun is these days or or whatever you think your lifestyle is and it's okay. You're you're here. You're invited in. Church is not for the saints, right? I mean, it is, but it's for broken people to come and find Jesus. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's not everybody's welcome. We say that all the time, everybody's welcome. But you should not be here in your sin and be comfortable in your sin. Okay? You should not be able to sit in the presence of God, in a church where the Word of God is being preached and just say, well, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with this lifestyle. It's okay. I'm not going to worry about it. But that's what's been invited in because we've watered down in our churches today the Word of God so much to where we're letting men that that sleep with men and women that sleep with women get up and preach out of this Word of God. There's churches today that's using this same Bible and preaching a word out of here, using Jesus' reference, saying that it's okay to live a lifestyle contrary to the way the Word of God preaches. Because that's not what he meant. Because it's changed. The Word of God has not changed. The Word of God has never changed. It's the same word that, that God has inspired thousands of years ago is still true today. What's changed is we're watered it down. and we're, we're, a, lot of, a lot of churches are no different than these Pharisees. And they want to try to kill God for what He said He is. And not, and not live with it. And, and just say that it's different. We're supposed to love everybody. We are. But we're not supposed to love sin. We're not supposed to. It's okay to sin. It's okay to, it's okay to commit adultery or fornication with, with opposite sex. Just as well as same sex. It's not okay. The Word of God talks about it and and how sacred that time is but especially the, the lies and the things that that we we think that we should live and we should do it's not okay it's not okay let's read on when he told he walked into this place and this man was there and he called him forth he said step forward step forward that man had a choice to make he didn't know who Jesus was. He said, Why has this man asked me to step forward? I'm good with being back here. I'm good with living my problems. I'm good with having these things in my life. All right, I'm, I'm all right with it. I don't want to step forward. That's a lot of us today. We don't want to step forward. We don't want to step and, and come down to the altar, come to get prayed for, or, or, or want anybody to know any of our problems because we, we, don't, we don't want that. And so, but he said, He said, Step forward. God knows what you're in need of before you ask. David in Psalms, he knew this in Psalms chapter 139 and verse 4. It's not the word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. He already knows. The same God that created all this knows what you're thinking. You'll never hide anything from God. You say, well, I've heard that my whole life. What? That we don't live it. We don't live like we know that we don't hide anything from God. We live like we know that we don't hide anything. We, we know we don't hide anything from God, but yet we think, well, God, God ain't gonna, it's fine. God still loves me. He still loves me. Yeah, He does, but He wants you to change. All right? He wants you to change. He wants you to be different than what the world is. Because he, he knew, God, Jesus knew that this man was in need of healing. So he knows if you're here today or wherever you're at, if you're watching and or whatever, he knows what you're in need of today. Well, then why hasn't he done it in my life is the next question, right? Why hasn't he healed me? Why hasn't he fixed this problem in my life? Why has this not changed? Why is the thing that, you know, I've asked for a couple of times just in passing, why hasn't it changed? He still wants us to ask even though he knows. And in Matthew chapter 6, when when Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount, and part of this in Matthew 6 and 5, and He says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Or surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in a secret place, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Verse 8, that's where we want to get to. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask them. Well, then why do I ask? Because He wants you to ask. Because He wants you to pray. Because as you start praying and getting in tune with God, and real, and, and sure, we all have real needs in our life that we need God to touch. But there's real things in our life that we need to take care of and move out of the way for God to get to where He can work in our life. There's, there's real areas in our life we need, we need to forgive others for, ask for forgiveness for, repent of, turn away from things that we're doing. We wonder why God's not working on our life. We really need to look at our life and what's in there and what's going on to where God can really work as He needs to. So God knows what He wants us to ask. This is Jesus knew that this man needed healing. He didn't, he didn't want to go in there and heal him to show them up and, and to say, you know, I don't care what you say, kinda. He was kinda like that, Jesus was. But he did this because this man needed healing. And just as the last two miracles I read about the past couple weeks, when he said, your sins are forgiven you, I believe this man right here was healed, was healed. And he, his eyes were open to who Jesus was. To who Jesus was and who, what this man was talking about. When that hand grew out, Jesus didn't even touch him. He said, as he stretched his hand forward, he was healed. It took faith for that man to stretch his hand out forward. He could have said, "Ah, I think I'll just uh, hang back. Go use somebody else's example for a little bit and let me watch and see. But it took faith. It took faith. It did not take faith for you to come to church today. You realize that, right? Why? Because you can see this place. You see me here. The Word of God being preached here. It didn't take faith for that. No, what faith is, and we've read it about it a lot. We'll read it again real quick. And and he I think it's on down, Cole. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now faith is, does anybody remember the last of that verse? The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So if you see something, you don't need faith to know that that's there. I don't need faith to know that you're sitting in these seats today. I need faith to realize that God's working and moving it, and the rest of these chairs that are in here are going to be full. That's where faith comes in. That's where standing on the Word of God comes in. To know that we're going to have musicians, as I was praying again this morning, the live musicians that we, we would love to see come back and, and play the instruments that are up here. Instead of sitting here collecting dust. And so that's where faith comes in. Because we're believing in something we can't see. I don't know who God's going to send. I don't know who God's going to use. But it takes faith for me to believe in that. And if we, if, if it stays for the next two years without them being in there, I can't change my prayer. Because if I do, then I'm doubting. Just as in, in the book of James, chapter one, in verse six. In verse five, we don't have it up there, but it, it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, it says, let him ask, let him ask God in faith who gives it freely, who liberally gives that wisdom. And it goes on in verse six and says, but let him ask in faith with what? With no what? nobody say that. Doubting. With no doubting. Doubting. If I change and say, well, we'll never get anybody else up here. We'll sing off that the whole time. won't worry about it. We won't, you know, I I like it to where, if we're in times of praise and worship, to where if a song, if the Spirit's moving, we can continue on with that. And just have music, just play it. And everybody in reverence and in worship and in praise. And it's hard to do that sometimes with just the songs that are on on how we play them. It's hard to do that. And so, do we have to have that to worship God? No. It's just an added aspect to it. Don't get me wrong. We don't have to have that. So he says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. So if you're praying for something, if you're praying for family to change, job to change, whatever it is, if you're praying for those things and then you're speaking doubt after the prayer, then you're being tossed to and fro and you wonder why you're not receiving anything from the Lord, because the words from your mouth, to others do not match the words that you're trying to tell to God. And then before long, you quit praying the words to God because you've been full of doubt that you can't pray in faith anymore and you don't think it'll ever change. Where where a lot of us get to. For let not that man suppose he receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. All of his ways. So if we can see something, there's no reason to have faith. We didn't see Jesus. No, but I got told this past week from a guy that he has seen the risen Savior. I said, well, good. Good for you. I don't know what this guy's on. I've questioned this past week. You know, I guess he had his own Paul Road to the experience. We'll see. You know, it's one of those that's still a work in progress. But, you know, I've never seen Jesus. I don't never anybody that has seen Jesus. Because God says, you can't see my face and live, right? And And so, Moses wanted to see Jesus, right? Moses wanted to, and he said, you can't. What did he do? He covered him up. Let him see his hindside going by his backside. You can see this much of me. I've never seen Jesus, but I know Jesus is real. Why? Because it took faith to believe in something that's not there. That we can't physically see. But we can read about. And our spirit convicts us of it. And we know that Jesus is real in our life. So it takes faith to believe those things. It takes faith to believe in, in a God that we've never seen but we know is real. It took faith for this man to reach his hand out. To reach out and watch Jesus healing, Watch his eyes be open to somebody he's never met before in his life. It took faith. It took faith for him to reach it out. And as he reached out and done that, then his hand was healed. So when he stepped out of his comfort zone, when he stepped out and didn't worry about what the religious leaders thought, what was going on around him, and stood, stood firm and said, all right, all right, we'll do this. We'll do this Jesus' way. We'll do this God's way. And I'm going to reach out my hand and it was healed. So, the question to us today when are we going to be ready to step out? When are we going to be ready to fully step out in faith and watch God work in our life? When are we going to be really ready to step forward and stop living behind the scenes to stop, well, let somebody else do it for a while? Then I'll see if they're strong enough to, to witness like they need to, or, or if they're strong enough to do this or that. I was told, you know, by a couple, and I won't say their name, that, that, well, I don't go to church because I don't know what he's going to say or not say. I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they say or do. You do what's right. So if we're waiting on somebody else to do what's right, if they never do, then that, I guess, means that we're going to hell with them. We're just going to follow them right in. Because that way is broad and straight. Right? That way is broad and straight. Going straight to the pits of hell. It is. But the way to heaven is narrow. And few will choose it. So when are we going to step forward and choose God fully in our life? And, I, and there's a lot of people here that have. There's no doubt. I believe, I believe most people in here have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Why? Because we've talked about it. I know that for a fact. But there's always those that that are not, that are kind of, eh, I have. I've said a little prayer. I asked God to help me one time in school. I asked God to help me one time at work. Good. Good. But that's as far as it went. That's as far as we think it goes because we've watered down in the church today who God really is. And we're not teaching and proclaiming to our children and to the ones around us who God is, and you can ask Him, go to Him for anything, anything. But the main thing you need to ask Him for is to be Lord of your life and for repent of your sins, and not wait any longer, not wait any longer. So it's time for the, for first off, it's time right now for the, for the children, the ones that proclaim to be children of God, to step forward, to step forward and stop living a life behind. Behind the scenes, letting somebody else do it, and you do what God's called you to do. You witness, you proclaim His name, you share your love with others, and then as you do that, then the ones that don't know Him can step forward and be, hey, I want to be more like that. I want to show that in my life. That's different. That's different. And so we can do that when we, doesn't, when we don't let the crowd around us, the ones that's looking at us, overtake to where we can't see who God is, and God working in our life. So, I said it before. I'll say it again. We keep standing there because we really don't want to give up what we're what we're what we're into, no matter what it is, because we justify everything to a point to where we justify it enough to where in our minds and Satan's working against us and with us and saying, say, see, I told you, God don't mind, God don't mind. Look, you you've lived, you've woke up another day. It's all right. It's alright. Just, just keep on. Just keep on. Now that's wrong. That's wrong in our life. If we know that God's working and moving in our life, then we need to be willing to let those things go aside where we can fully see Him in our life. Or, or there's people that's out there that think they can't come back in a relationship once they was where they was, you know, and they, and they backslid and they think, So far, I'm so far gone that I don't think I can go anywhere else. I can't come back to Christ. Yes, you can. Because the same God that loved you then still loves you now. And he's been waiting there the whole time. God's not stopped loving for you. He's not stopped caring for you. And, and God is still waiting for you to come back. Just as he did the children of Israel every time. Every time. You can read in the Old Testament as many times as they was, um, they, they were walking in the wilderness and God took care of them for 40 years, right? Took care of the children of Israel for 40 years walking around. And they know that he was taking care of them. But they didn't get something one day and they're like, Moses? No. Now we're gonna we won't go back to Egypt. We're gonna start worshiping our own gods. As the Ten Commandments was being, God was with Moses on the mountain, the cloud of glory around him. He was writing the Ten Commandments. They were down there worshiping other gods, while they were at the foot of the mountain where God was and knew God was right there, but were worshiping other gods, the golden calf, all that. They know where God is. We know where God is. You know that God is accessible each and every day. It's your job to look to Him. It's your job to reach up to Him. Reach out to Him and step forward and stop living your life right here and step out in faith and live as God told you to live. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand this morning. If you're here this morning and you're living your life for you, if you're living your life because you don't want to give things up because you think they're fun right now, the fun's going to stop. The fun will stop one day. It won't be fun. Sin's only fun for a season. And then it catches up with you. If you're here this morning and Jesus is not Lord of your life,